Good love our gracious queens Are throughout their just queens Their time has come United Queendom Hello, hello, hello. I'm Ed Dyson. I'm Charlie Valentine. And we are United, United Queendom. Queendom, bringing you all things Drag Race, plus The Ed and Charlie Show, in which we help the celebs and plebs who need it the most, with their many, many, many problems. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Remember to rate, review, and always, always share. Now let's get on with the show. Before we get to today's interview with the DDC, I just want to let you all know about an exciting event coming up next week. Yes, on Saturday, February 29th, because it's a leap year, we'll be heading to the launch of London Sky Bar's Drag Brunch, which takes place between 1pm and 5pm, which is just enough time to get comfortably drunk, I'd say. The Camp 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 event is being held on the 28th floor of the Millbank Tower, Westminster, boasting stunned views of London and some of the capital's most fabulous queens from That's Drag, serving up the hits of Miss Britney Spears, Oh, my, my, my. There will be an unlimited Prosecco and Punch Extravaganza, as well as a two-hour unlimited buffet, including a Build-A-Bagel station. Tickets are available on www.designmynight.com forward slash London. Um, yep, that's it. And now we have the interview. Enjoy. We are very excited today at United Queendom because we have the one, the only... It's Davida DeCampo! Hiya! <laughs> First of all, I have to ask Davida, have you heard my impression of you before? What, the one that was just made then? No, although that one... Oh. No, I haven't then. Oh, good. That'll make the interview better then. No, it's a very... <laughs> no, it's a very... Basically, whenever we're recapping, we recap season one... When you had any iconic lines, which were often, I tried to do the impression because I'm from your neck of the woods. I'm a, ah, I'm a fellow West Yorkshire gay, but I've pretty much lost my accent now. I, I don't know if yeah, you can still pick up. Where Yorkshire are you from? Huddersfield. <laughs> You're literally down the road from me. I know. That's why I was so excited. Huddersfield Road of all the roads that I could live on. Oh really? I was going to ask. Did you ever used to go to Chad's back in the day and Lily's? <laughs> I did. So, how old are you? I'm, you remember Lily? Well, I don't, I don't like to say on air, but I am 32. <laughs> oh, okay, you're only a couple of, like, well, four years. I probably shouldn't have been in Lily's, to be fair, but... <laughs> yeah, well, yes. So, well, no, you absolutely shouldn't have been, because I was 18 <laughs> when Lily's opened. So, there's no way you should have been in Lily Lincoln. My God. Um, With... Yeah, you used to go to Lily's and the Greyhound and then Chad's when that opened and I actually was seeing the manager of Chad's for a while. Oh my God. Yes, had a lovely time with him. Um, Davina, we probably dated for months and neither of us remembers it. Cause... I mean, that could well have happened. Were you the manager of Chad's? <laughs> no, I wasn't. They did hire me to be a pot wash at one point, but I thought I was better than that. So I moved oh, on. Oh, wow. <laughs> Turns out I wasn't. But, um... Um, I mean... I enjoyed being a pot wash. I used to work at um, Frankie and Benny's on the corner, you know, across from McDonald's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I used to be the pot wash in there. Oh, oh I've, had it. I've done it all meat here. Oh, my okay. God. Were you a diva then, or were you just getting I on with it? I've got some pans and rubbing shoulders with divas. That's my life, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's actually, I find it really sad. I've spoke about it on the podcast before about there's no there's not one gay bar in Huddersfield now, um, unless, no, I, unless really I've missed sad. it. Yeah, just because it was it's such... It's really sad. Is there any in Halifax now? Because they used to be. 
you know, weirdly, I've never been to Halifax, and I know I'm missing out, oh, but I've never been, been yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, Halifax used to be great. If you wanted to go out and witness a riot, it was perfect. That's what I always heard. It was, too, like, quite laddie, and maybe I wouldn't fit in very well. Not that I was fitting yeah. in that well in Huddersfield, but even worse well, in Halifax. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to ask, are you still based up north? Where are you based now, or do you even have a base? Well, I'm based... See, so I live in Grand Canary, and that's where home is. Oh yeah. Um, we moved three years ago and bought a, a place out in Grand Canaria, which is in the middle of nowhere, um, and I just adore it. It's a cave house, so it's like built out of the side of a cliff. They just dug it out and um, smacked a house on the side of it, and I absolutely love it there. That's home. Yeah. Um, but we are currently now based in Manchester. Okay. Um, so we have a, a flat at the moment, but we're just in the process of buying a house um, because, I mean, imagine a two-bed flat with a housemate and all my dry stuff. We can't <laughs> even get in the bed. It's horrendous. <laughs> all those red wigs. Oh, my God. <laughs> so many red wigs just all trying to suffocate you in the <laughs> I think... Um... I'm imagining you're not spending a lot of time at home, though, because you just, like, it's exhausting watching you all, but you all seem so, so busy. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, what an amazing opportunity, and, you know, this year, at least, is going to be absolutely fantastic, and I've had such a great time so far, you know, I'm so immensely uh, grateful for all... Because, you know, like, this gig that I'm doing at the Palace on the 2nd of March... If it wasn't for Drag Race, I don't think that would have happened. You know, no matter how much I would have pushed, I don't think it would have been offered to me. Whereas, because of the platform that Drag Race has given me, suddenly, you know, people sit up and go, oh, wait a minute, we didn't know that drag queens could do these things. Oh, yeah. well, let's, let's book some drag queens. Let's have some of this going on as well. <laughs> um, you know, so I am immensely grateful for all the opportunities that have been passed my way because of... Uh, because of the experience that I've had. <laughs> have, you, uh, have you found it overwhelming, though? No, actually, I've kind of been training and getting ready for this for, you know, the last sort of 10, 15 years anyway. Yeah, I you thought know, everything that was the case. I've been doing in my career has been leading up to this point. Um, so, like, I used to do promo on the street, on Canal Street, when we first opened Kiki, um, I used to do promo on the street. So you train yourself to get used to talking to people that you don't know, you've never met, as if you know them really well. Yeah. Um, and making them feel comfortable and at ease, um, which is, you know, has been an incredibly useful skill now because then when people come up and talk to me in the street, I'm not kind of at a loss for words or going, oh, leave me alone, you know, <laughs> either with my horrendous social anxiety, I can cope with that because there we are into work mode. Um well, I find in I Huddersfield. I really enjoy that as well. I find growing you know. up in Huddersfield, people just walk up to you and talk to you, even if you're not famous. So <laughs> I think that was a good training ground. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is absolutely true. Uh, and yeah. um, I, you know what? I, um, I've been doing the. I did a gig at the Lawrence Batley. Oh really? Oh amazing! I love it there. Henry yeah. um, had booked me, and then so I'm I'm going back there. Um, it's not been announced as yet but uh, I, I will be back at the Lawrence Batley um, we're just sort of finalising details at the moment Well I've only seen you live which was amazing as part of the Drag Race UK tour 
Um, and you were so good. But I really do want to see a full Divina De Campo flu. show. Pardon? I had the flu and, you know, that cough that everybody had? Coronavirus. Nah, I mean, before <laughs> Corona, there was the cough that lasted for 10 weeks. Oh, um, God. So I had that. And then on the first day of rehearsals for the Drag Race Tour, the flu just, you know, it was one of those that sort of licked its fist and then punched you right in the stomach and went, you've got the flu. So I, I was really sick the entire time and I made poor something. She was sick with it as well from oh, me. No. So, sorry, something. Um, so, well, you, you couldn't know, tell. My voice is, is much To quote bag of chips. <laughs> I sounded like Billy from Coronation Street. Ah, oh, birthday. <laughs> poor voice. Um, and now that it's been a few months uh, since the finale aired, uh, how do you feel now about not winning the show? I, you know, exactly the same as I did then. Like, Vivian was the, the one who was going to win. I knew she was going to win. Not because of any other reason. Than she was better. She was. Mm-hmm. You know, she, in terms of delivering drag and what she delivered in the competition she was better um but a lot of a lot of people think that um sometimes it's better not to win the show because you kind of then get the kind of so-and-so was robbed edit and people kind of become the fan favorite so do you think in a way that that it benefited you not to win no i i don't i don't know whether it would have gone in my favor or against me whether i won or not i don't know and we never will um, well the fans wanted you to win it was quite overwhelming that week wasn't it on all this yeah yeah it was I mean and just the amount of love and support that I got during the show and after the show is, is, I cannot express how grateful I am to everybody for all of that um, but Vivian was absolutely the right winner you know hand on heart she was the one who who had won you know and, and that was obvious to me um, uh, regardless the... of everything else Obviously, the comments um, you made in the QX interview have really seemed to annoy the Vivian. Have you guys, like, got past that now, or what's going on there? Well, uh, I mean, that's not for me to say or not. You know, those those things... <laughs> it's difficult, because when things are in print, you know, you could do an hour-long interview. Yeah. And then, of course, only five minutes of what you've actually said goes in. Yeah. So, it's very easy to take what you've said out of context you know it's just a turn of phrase you have to be cutthroat and you know you have to be uh, willing to break somebody's you know, I don't mean it in the literal sense and yeah. it's not a bad thing either in a competition in order to win you have to be in it to win it and yeah, and I, I wasn't I wasn't in there in that you know mind frame you, um, you seemed very much like you were competing with yourself which was still a big competition wasn't it for you like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, some of it was just competing with the demons running around inside of my head, going, <laughs> oh, rubbish! <laughs> well, that's certainly not the case. I hope you realise that now. Um, but uh, there was an accusation, I think, that Vivian made on Instagram, which was that you'd got a, you'd both got a winner's contract and that had caused some confusion. Did you hear about that? Was there any truth to that? Mm, no, I mean, I, I didn't get a winner's contract. I don't know what... I, I don't know. <laughs> well, you... I, I don't know what that's about so I mean and this is the thing you know it's all everything that sur- surrounds us is now like secrets and whispers and you know smoke and mirrors and yeah. you know so people will 
steer the pot as much as they can and not everything that you say will be relayed and I understand that you know because we've been in this game more than long enough to know yeah unless somebody says it to your face it's probably not true well are you two not going to have a face to face about it to clear it up because you're going on tour together aren't you like yeah we are we'll be on tour together and Vivian is nothing but professional so you know she she will be absolutely professional about um being on tour with me and if she wants to talk about it I'm here to talk about it but that's again that's you know I don't think that's really it's not that big a deal I think it'll all calm down it'll be fine we've known each other a really long time like we've been friends for a very very long time so I, I don't see this as being like a it's not a cataclysmic destruction of the world or anything it's you know, five years time, will it matter? No, it won't. No, and I just think that um, this kind of thing, like, the fans do, do enjoy it, so I kind of feel like it's a bit of a pantomime, and I wondered if you two were kind of just going along with that for the, kind of for the fun of it. Not faking it, I mean, but just kind of, this is what, like, it's a part of drag, isn't it? Shade, reading, well, and it's of just kind of... It's all the shade and the drama <laughs> and everything else. You know, none of it's real, that's the whole point of drag, and, you know... I don't take myself seriously, so people can say whatever they like about me because I've said it all before they've even managed it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, so um, so I I try not to worry about anything too much because, like I say, in five years' time, will it matter? No, it won't matter. It's all fine. Probably in five weeks' time, I would say there'll be a new drama. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you... I'll be somebody's old chick paper. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of mentioned before that um, uh, you might be doing a new version of your hit Drag Race song. Um, is there much you can say about that, or is that going to be a bit of a surprise? Well, we're we're working on it, and I, I want to do. Um, you know how uh, Gaga did a, a sort of swing version of Paparazzi. Is it Paparazzi? No, applause. Poker face. She did a, a sort of swing version of applause for her SNL gig. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I'm, that's kind of the direction that I want to take it in so that it, you recognise it, but it feels very different. Ah, oh, cool. And um, the mu- the music is so good. It's got, like, obviously amazing production. You're such a perfectionist. Is that something you've been, like, working on for a long time? Because it came so, like, ready-made to time with the final of the show. It was amazing. Yeah, I mean, I've been working on those ideas for a long time, but actually the music and the production side of it, we did relatively quickly. Um, and I was just so lucky that I got to work with Killingsworth um, and uh, their team and Ashley Levy, who uh, helped me to finesse uh, the lyrics and, you know, really kind of draw out where the, the tune and, uh, you know, all of that stuff was. Um, she was it's difficult to explain how helpful she was. Um, you know, really, really wonderful to work with. And the boys at Killingsworth were just brilliant. You know, they they put together this stuff and really listened to what it was that I wanted to try and create. Um, and uh, thankfully, um, I'm pretty happy with it. <laughs> oh my God, it's so catchy. I have to make sure I don't listen to it before bed because then it'll be just going round and round. Going around in your head, yeah. Driving me crazy. But um, can I share a prediction, uh, D- Davina De Campo prediction with you? <laughs> Go on, you share that 
prediction. So I call you psychic. <laughs> I think this year you may already know. I think this year you're going to be a contestant on Strictly Come Dancing, and you're going to be part of the first ever same-sex partner on that show. <laughs> I mean, were that to happen, I would love it. Is like, it... um, quite often people talk about people going on Strictly, and they say, you know, oh well, she was a dancer in this group, or she was. Doing, like, what I'd done is contemporary and ballet, you know, so those were my yeah. training, and that's like speaking French, and then doing ballroom is like doing Russian. So you have an understanding of linguistics, but not necessarily in the same way, you know? Like, yeah. it, it is like talking a completely different language. Um, were I to be asked on it, I would absolutely love that. Have it happened yet? Well, no. <laughs> so, so I don't know anything about whether that would happen or not. But if anybody is listening, yes, please. <laughs> Am I the first person who's predicted that to you? Will I get the credit? Well, a few people have said it's, you know, oh. we think it should be you. Actually, an old lady in the um, supermarket the other day uh, tapped me on the shoulder and said, Strictly's next. <laughs> and then she carried on walking. I was like, oh my God, oh my God. She is so cute. She is such a lovely old lady. Oh, I think it's um, happening. I think the show kind of needs to have it this year because now Dancing on Ice has done it and I think people are so receptive and ready for it. And there's only a few people, I think, could kind of really make it work and you're definitely one of them. Um, I mean, I think Bagger would be hilarious on it. Well, she, she can't really dance, can she? Exactly. <laughs> we want someone who might win. <laughs> but she'd be so funny, wouldn't she? She'd be absolute TV gold. I mean, she is TV gold anyway. She's just so brilliant at what she does. Um, and, speaks... and Cheryl also would be phenomenal on there. Oh, yeah, Cheryl. I didn't think of Cheryl. She would be good, wouldn't she? Maybe you, would be Maybe you can both be on. Um, I mean, imagine both of us at the same time. That would be proper <laughs> rivalry then, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, and speaking of Bagger, um, I was wondering what is happening with the Frock Destroyers. Is there going to be an album, or is it kind? Of, I know you're doing a lot of touring together. Yeah, I mean, we're doing lots of touring together, and you know, hopefully, in the future, we'll be able to make an album together. I would absolutely love that because, honestly. Honestly, I love Bagger and Blue so much. They they have just been so wonderful. And when we have been, you know, because we've done a few little dates together already, yeah. they've just been such a good laugh and they're so easy to work with. Um, you know, I, I, yeah. all I can say is I hope so. Fingers crossed. It felt like... Yeah, it felt like a bit of a TV moment where just all the stars aligned. It was just so perfect. And, like, yeah. I, I just wondered, when you recorded it, because I know that you guys record the show quite a while before it airs, did you know with that, oh, that's going to be a big deal? Or do you really no. not know what's going to happen? Not a clue. Not a single <laughs> bunny rabbit idea to me. No. And, like, I was so nervous during the, the entire recording of it. I didn't know whether I was actually going to be able to, you know, sing any of the notes or anything. Oh, my um, God, they came out so easily. <laughs> and you, well, you stunned I mean, them in EK. Like <laughs> this is the thing. You know, it <laughs> looks like that somehow, but I was absolutely bricking it. You know, because there's that pressure, added pressure of having been a judge on a singing competition. Yeah. Then you're putting what you do out there in front of other people. 
been previously from you. So you know, the, um, so the, the bar is quite high already. And then I put loads of pressure on myself as well. So I was, you know, absolutely brown knickers moment, but <laughs> it was fine in the end. <laughs> oh, it was better than fine. I mean, not many drag queens in the world can say they have an actual hit song that was in the charts. I mean, no, I know top ten hit. I mean, that it's incredible. incredible. Yeah, yeah, it is, and I think that says a lot about um, the uh, the desire of the British public to have more drag. Oh, absolutely! Because I thought it was crazy they didn't originally air Drag Race UK on BBC One. I know they have now, and I actually think that Break Up Bye Bye was one of the things that made everyone stand up and be like, "Oh, this is really a phenomenon. It's not yeah. like a niche." viewing thing which we've all gay people have known for years but i think that's when everyone else started to realize that this was absolutely massive which it is yeah which is i mean that's wonderful but what, what an incredible way to really be introduced properly to to the general public you know through what what is a television phenomenon it's you know an, an incredible an incredible show so you talked about uh, an old lady coming up to you in the supermarket. What do people kind of say to you most? Because you had a lot of quotable moments on the show. Yeah, I did. Um, you know, I get a lot of red wig, silver tray. I get a lot of <laughs> adult think. Yeah, I thought it was um, going to be adult think. Yeah. <laughs> people say that. that a lot. <laughs> uh, people shouting bullshit at me in the street. Bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, you know, but lots of people have talked to me about um, you know the section 28 stuff um, which you know in the current political climate looking at the crop of MPs that we've got now I mean I just despair at the moment for what the future is going to be like for young queer kids in our country because these are not allies these are not friends of ours yes you know, important to remember in positions of power, they are not our allies. All you have to do is look at people's voting record and you can see that really, really clearly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, be aware. <laughs> Keep your eyes open, kids. Keep your eyes open. Well, you showed a lot of different sides of yourself on television, kind of that talking politically about serious emotional issues and obviously the fun side, the fashion side. So when you were having a Davina DeCampo one-woman show coming up this year, like, what kind of tone are you going for? Are you going to try and fit all aspects of your character in or is it going to have a certain theme? Um, I, think it's, uh, I think it's going to uh, focus a lot on my journey up to you know, sort of now. You're telling so your story of, then, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's going to start there. Um, but oh. it's, I mean, it's not going to be, uh, sit down, please. Everybody pay attention. Because <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely not what I do on stage, you know. Uh, most of what I do on stage is about entertainment and there will be the occasional nod to what is going on outside in the rest of the world. Um, and it's, most of what I do is very much about people being involved. You know, it's not a yeah. a, uh, a sit down show. It's a there's this term spectator, um, so you are that. also part of what's going on. Um, yeah. And that's always how my shows have been. That you know, you're either singing along, or we dance along, or we get people involved on the stage, or you know. Um, so 
it will be very much in the vein of things that I've done previously. Um, and I assume there'll be music. Be there'll be music, won't there, as well, I assume. Yeah, there'll yeah, be plenty of, of music. <laughs> yes, there will. Um, I did wonder um, what's been the experience of um, doing meet and greets, because I know a lot of our listeners talk about meeting you and the, the other queens and they love it so much, but I know a lot of the American girls fi- find it quite a hard part of the job because it's quite intense or quite a lot of people to meet. I just wondered how you found that. Yeah, like I I really do enjoy meeting people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I try and find out a little bit about them um, before... Because there is quite often the queues are quite big, so you you have to um, be conscious of, of the time element. Yeah. But I try and I try and make sure that who whoever is in front of me knows that I am there with them. Um, I think that's really important. You know, rather than just and smile and smile and smile and smile. Yeah. Um, you know that to me isn't an, a meet and greet. That's a photo opportunity, which is that's what it's been. Uh, brief child then that's fine um, but uh, I enjoy it like I like meeting people and finding out you know new things and where they're from and you're nosy basically kind of <laughs> uh, yeah I am I am nosy <laughs> classic Yorkshire person <laughs> wants to know everyone's business let me just twitch my neck curtains oh hello what's going on here oh, I'm going to close the curtains again <laughs> um Obviously, uh, you had some really amazing looks on the runway on Drag Race. Um, it seemed like you were someone who came very, very prepared. Um, is, did you kind of did that cost a pretty penny? All those outfits? Did you did you invest well, a lot? I, I mean, it, it's been the same the entire way through my career. I've tried to, um, you know, like on All Together Now, every every show with a different outfit. Yeah. Um, I made as many of those as. I possibly could like in the second series I made every single one of them apart from one um, and uh, you know sometimes things cost more money than others and you just have to look at what it is that you're wanting to put out there because that you, your costume to me is um, a, a sort of supporting role to what you're putting on stage yeah it should support what it is that you're actually doing on stage um and so uh, that that's always my sort of where where is the intent what is it that i'm trying to say with this or what am i trying to achieve what is it that i'm trying to do um so yeah i mean drag is not cheap girl <laughs> it is not cheap anybody who thinks you can uh put things together on chup and tape me is incorrect well, you um, say that, but no, you won the challenge, posh on a penny, and that outfit did look, that's like instantly iconic, isn't it? Your, um... Yeah, I mean, I was really lucky with that. I'd already worked with that material before. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I'd already made um, a little uh, jacket. Well, a, not a jacket, like a, it was a waistcoat, mm. like a waistcoat thing and um, some pants. But I'd had a pattern and stuff like that for them. Um, but you know sometimes that's just how it is you can just sometimes look at something and go okay I can do this with this um, but that's being a um, seasoned queen that gave you that isn't it Cause you... well yeah yeah. I mean because I've, and I've spent a lot of time just kind of teaching myself things like I've never had a sewing lesson I'm not a seamstress 
I never would say that I am. I can sew things, but I'm not a seamstress. Much like I sing classical music, but I'm not a classical singer. You know, I've had some classical training, but I'm not classically trained because those two things are quite different. Oh, I did want uh, to ask you that, actually, because you said at one point um, that you just taught yourself to sing by, like, being in a room for five months. Yeah, the whistle tone. I taught, yeah. I taught myself how to do the whistle tone. Does that mean so, I could do that, or do you have to already be a very good singer? <laughs> no, anybody can do anything. Like, everybody has an incredible instrument in their throat. You just have to give yourself time to develop it and learn how it works. Anybody can teach themselves how to sing. Right, I'm taking some five people, months off now because of what you yeah, said, so you better be right. Do it a bit more time and maybe <laughs> some outside help, but anybody can learn because we all use it every day. All of us use it every day. Well, I have you been know, described as tone deaf. Yeah, to... unless you've had an accident or you've got some uh, pre existing condition, meaning that you can't physically use your voice, then yeah, you can absolutely teach yourself how to do all kinds of things. Right, like, I'm inspired. I'm inspired. Um, in the panto, this was amazing to me. So, um, we were talking about, uh, anyway, in, 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 what's the throat singing? Indian throat singing? Mm, anyway, what is it? Mongolian. Mongolian throat singing. Um, so, they create this, like, incredible, really deep um, uh, sound out of their voice, and then they put harmonics over the top, and... Um, I was like, I've got no idea how they do this. And then the director just went, well, what what do they do? And it, he just started making this really low noise. And then he made his lips into a sort of whistling shape. And it, then he was suddenly doing it. I was like, what? <laughs> how, what? I don't understand. Like, it makes my brain explode. Um, you know, and it, you just have to test things out and try things out. So it was while I was at university as well that I was teaching myself how to do that. So, obviously, I wasn't spending every day no. doing it. Um, but, you know, three times, four times a week, I would go and just test things out with my voice in the practice room for an hour. So, and that's that's how I taught myself. Right. Well, next time I see you, I'll have learnt it, so you can be the judge then. Okay, I, I will be ready. <laughs> and, obviously, uh, season 12 of American Drag Race if we call it American Drag Race now, I'm not sure, uh, is almost here. Do you, do you know any of the current queens who are competing? No, I don't know anybody, and I'm so excited to see what they all do. I, were you always a, kind of a big fan of the show? Yes. Yeah. Massive, absolutely massive fan of the show, right from the word go, because it was first aired here on Channel 4. I remember, yeah, I watched the first episode. Yeah. <laughs> like, we used to sit, I think it was a Monday night or something, yeah. I feel like it was a Monday night. And there was a gay cartoon on afterwards called, was it called Rick and Steve? And it was like a gay night of TV. Yeah. Do you remember that? <laughs> so we, we would sit in and I would be like, right, everybody be quiet, drag race is on. Yes. Shut up. Stop talking. <laughs> Stop talking. Yeah, I loved it. And did you always kind of think it. that that was in your future? Because it took a lot longer than we thought. Yeah, it did take longer than we thought. Um, but I think there's, Drag in the UK kind of moves in cycles. You know, we caught Danny LaRue, then it disappeared. Then we had um, Lily Savage, and then uh, Julian Carey said what he said on um, that awards show um, <laughs> yeah. about poor Norman Lamont, and then we all disappeared then. Um, and, you know, then we had this kind of slow creeping back in. 
the funny thing is, is we've had Mrs. Brown's boys. Yeah. I mean, how many years has that been running? And and that is drag. He's doing drag. Like, he's a drag queen. Yeah. In the real classic British sense of a drag queen, because she's really um, character-based. Mm-hmm. You know? But nobody ever thinks of Brendan O'Donnell as, as, um, as a drag queen. But he, of course he is. Well, there's been it's been quite weird, because a lot of the legends, like... Um, Dame Edna said some things that people haven't liked that much the last few years, and and Paula yeah, and Paula Grady's quite against Drag Race, or seems to be. Uh, so, what do you make of kind of all their views? Well, I, you know, it's the same as anything. Everybody sort of erupts. They make their mark. They become successful, and then they stop moving with the times. Yeah. And I think that's, unfortunately, what has kind of happened here is that, you know, when you, when your life is suddenly easier than it ever was, you stop feeling like there are problems for the people. Yeah, I um, saw that in a film the other day. I'm really grateful in that respect that my life has always been hard work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I never get tired of that iconic laugh, Davina. <laughs> Um, and what do you uh, make of the criticism about the lack of like trans representation on the American series? Well, I think I think the the criticism is um, the same as it is here. You know, trans and AFAB queens have always been a massive part of the scene, always. So, to me, you, it's very difficult to. Um, Say these are the best drag queens when you know there are, there are incredible AFAB and trans queens in the UK. Yeah. Um, like I'm thinking of um, Armani. She's a British queen, but she works in Gran Canaria, and she is absolutely incredible when she gets on stage. When she's doing Shelley Bassey, it's Shelley Bassey. Then it's Tina Turner, and it, 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 you are watching Tina Turner. <laughs> I'm not watching Armani, it's not her, it's Tina Turner, or it's John Warwick, or it's, you know, whoever it is that she's doing, it is a total transformation in her whole body, in her mannerisms, everything, you know, and it's incredible to watch. Um, That's my favourite kind of drag show. The, um, yeah, yeah well, definitely. You just go, oh, I cannot actually believe what I'm seeing <laughs> or hearing or, you know, I've laughed so much or I've learned something completely brand new. Um, and so, you know, these people are, are a massive part of our and the culture and um, I think it'll it'll happen. I just, I, don't, I can't tell you when because it's not giving the camera's track race, is it? Not yet. <laughs> um, I, on the American show, a, a lot of the Rue girls say that when they leave the show, the producers ask them for a list of names of people they think would be good for like the next series. Did that happen on the British show? And if so, oh, who, it might have done. <laughs> who did you who do you who do you want to see I on it? Could not possibly say. <laughs> I wouldn't want to um, spoil anybody's chances. And you know. There's always enough rumours going around without me adding to the pot. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, there's um obviously people, because we just can't help ourselves by getting ahead of ourselves, people talking about All Stars UK, but I guess that's a long way off. But if there was um an opportunity for a British queen to go on the US All Stars, uh, would you, do you think that would be something you'd be interested in? If, if I got asked to go back to Drag Race, I would be there in a heartbeat. And do you think your kind of approach would be any different a second time round? I think I'd just be a lot more relaxed this time. Yeah. Because for me, the, you know, we were the first, um, the first uh, class, <laughs> <laughs> the first class of, of UK Drag Race. Um, and so I put immense amounts of pressure on myself um, because I was super aware that the whole world is watching and it's the first time they're going to see a crop of UK queens across the entire world. So I felt, a, you know, a real responsibility to um, to our community because there's so, so many incredible, incredible drug artists in the UK. Yeah. And um, I felt like if, if we didn't do them proud, then we were doing them a disservice, and doing our scene and our country a disservice. So... Um, you know, on top of you're in a competition, you put pressure on yourself already. You've got a million and one things to get prepared. There was also the added pressure of it's the first time that people are not only going to get to meet me properly, you know, as a person, uh, because I've done plenty of TV shows before, but yeah. you've never really got to meet me. It's always been the tits and teeth. Whereas <laughs> this gave an opportunity for me to, you know, really open myself up and let people see who I am. Um, and and so then you also are trying to um, show your country in a, a good light because we have the most incredible drag scene. I'm so immensely proud to be part of the British drag scene because it's so full of incredible and uh, there's such a massive diversity and variety of drag in the UK they, you know they, there's people who just do pantomime and will mm. never do anything else and those people might never ever meet somebody from London doing you know some crazy conceptual work you know so um, so I felt like there was a lot of pressure to try and um, do those people uh, not proud but um, don't do them a disservice yeah, but I think that um, obviously it must have been stressful for you having so much putting so much pressure on yourself. But I do think that's part of the reason people fell in love with you because I think people related to your like being hard on yourself and kind of vulnerable moments. So I think it worked for you um, in the long run, definitely. Oh, so if I did get asked back, I shouldn't be more relaxed and I should be a, a jelly <laughs> wreck again. <laughs> Well, I can just imagine you being like Alaska in All Stars 2, where she went back, slayed it, but managed to annoy everyone because you were too confident. Yeah. You can't you can't win, can you, either way? Someone's going to be upset. But <laughs> but we'd love to see more of you on any in any TV show, obviously. Oh, I would love that. Anything at all. Mainly Strictly. I said it I mean, first. apart from maybe Love Island, I'm probably not going to go on that. No, maybe not. <laughs> Oh, well, um, that's all my questions for you, Davina. Thank you so much for talking to me today and thank you so much for yeah taking part in the podcast. Um, thank you. Yeah, our listeners are going to be thrilled to get to hear from you and I can't wait to come and see you on stage on your one-woman show. Have you got a title yeah, yet? Fabulous. 
fabulous. <laughs> okay, well, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, Davina. Cheers, baby. Bye. Thank you. Bye. bye. United Queendom. <laughs>